This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. in the movies we see, the big set pieces, the famous dialogue, the twists, the naked times. But film is an entity made up of hundreds of little moments that either make them special or relegate them to obscurity. We are here to talk about those moments. Welcome to Movie Microscope. Kick it, Movie Microscope. Is open range. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest movie, Microscope. My name is Nick Nanzetta, and I am your gracious host. Alongside me, the absolutely plaid-encrusted, delighted, sweatshirt-wearing, glasses-wearing, button-piercing, watch-wearing, sweetheart of a man, Justin Waddell. How's it going, sir? I'm good. Thanks for uh, describing me. Yeah, you, are just, you did describe me. I did. How, how's it going? How's your day? Uh, today was uh, kind of un- uneventful. How about you? How was your day? It was. It was fucked. It's the last day of the long weekend, man. That's tough. You know, you, you always have the biggest plans on, on getting some rest and being productive, and then life takes a big wet one on you. So I know. I, I, I cooked some ribs today. I guess that's the big thing I did. I went shopping, cooked some ribs. Nice. Nice. Did, did they come out good? Yeah, they came out pretty good. You know, one thing I was doing this weekend, the sad thing to admit at 48, Nick, I was looking at some Star Wars hot toys. What you is that? those are? Uh-uh. So it's the brand Hot Toys, and uh, I don't know if they're they're probably made in Japan, but they're very intricate Star Wars figures, very expensive, you know, detailed, you know, statuesque Star Wars figures. Did you get the huh? one of Reese? Who's no, I didn't. I didn't get any of them. They're very expensive and hard. I think they're limited runs. So they're hard to buy. Like once they go off the. So I was looking at, of course, figures from. Everyone's favorite movie, The Last Jedi. I, I was at the Barnes and Noble, and they had um, uh, pop figures, which I I'm so tired of. But I was very happy to see that they had pop figures of the two girls from San Junipero. <laughs> they did, kinda, yeah, which is neat. Yeah, that's kind of cool because that that makes sense. So, because um, that's that's widely regarded as the best American right uh, episode of that show, or one of them at least. It's great. I missed they, out lately. I, I never watched their uh, the Black Mirror. Um, Selection special, whatever they call that thing. It was all right. Choose your own adventure. Bandersnatch. Yeah, it was all right. They have any Bandersnatch pop vinyls in there? I don't think so. They had they had the uh, USS uh, whatever that Star Trek episode was too. Right. Of yeah, old yeah. cutie of cuties of the old cutie, the two cuties from that. You know, uh, our boy Jesse Plemons and the girl who's got the big beautiful eyes. Yeah, uh, Plemons played a big old creep on that show. That's great. And the woman from the Groundhog's the Groundhog Day esque movie starring uh, Andy Samberg that came out earlier. I don't know her name, the actress. She, I thought she was an, uh, a chaplain. She looks like a Una Chaplin, but I don't think she is Una Chaplin. Um, She's not. And I, I, I listened to the commentary track, and I watched the special features of El Camino this weekend. And Plemons is charming, so funny in that. It's great, right? He's a but, good. Uh, 
he's a I was surprised he came back to do that in a way. Why wouldn't he? I made him. Um no, I was happy that he did. I was just surprised. I think that was the what I meant to say is that I was surprised that he was in it. No. I wasn't expecting to see him in that when I when I fired that up. Um the movie's kind of flashback heavy, which I, I guess no one knew before it came out. So anyway. Yeah, it's good stuff. Good stuff. Clemens, man, he he's he's not he's not hurting for work. No. And his last name is fun to say. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it'd have been cool if he learned how to play the saxophone because then he could just join Springsteen's band. People won't even notice, you know? Right. But uh, that didn't happen, unfortunately. Although he's almost the same size now. Um, but I think that's a think is his real name, or did he go straight like when he thought of his stage name, did he was he going through like different fruit in his mind and he landed on Plemons? No, nah, I'm I'm hoping that's his real name because I want he seems like a like a Midwestern boy gone good, like somebody who rose against the odds and succeeded, and and, that, and that's the kind of name of somebody that you would be considered un, unspectacular in the real world. I'm just saying that we could have been um, fawning over Jesse Papel right now, you know, or Jesse Porn, <laughs> Jesse Pommens. It's gonna be one of those episodes, Jesse Papes. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, give me. Let's let's try to hit a good one. Think uh, of a fruit and put a P on it. Jesse Plum. <laughs> uh, I'm glad. I'm glad we're doing we're doing a movie that's shitty. Finally, like a fucking grindhouse dog shit today. You know, Jesse Pletus. <laughs> Just realized that I wasn't following the rules that he followed. He put a pea in front of the whole piece of fruit where I just was, you know, I said papes instead of pagrapes. <laughs> I think you've actually put more thought into his naming conventions than he has. Yeah. I wonder what is, is this for? What's, what, what's Jesse short for as a man? Uh, James, maybe? Is, no, I don't know. Jesse? Jess? Is it? Maybe it's, maybe it's Jesse. Just Jesse. Maybe. Could be Jessica sometimes, I guess. I'm going to, I'm just going to, since I'm. Let's hit his Wikipedia page up. Let's see if we can get all these. His, uh, his questions to answer. His real name is Jesse Plemons. Jesse Lon Plemons. L O N. Yeah. Or L A W N. L O N. Oh. Okay. Um. I want to see what Jesse Ventura's full name is. James George Janos. Oof. That sounds it's, like a villain from like a, a Stallone movie. It says Janos is his actual name. He changed it to Ventura. Yep. I guess it. Yeah. Okay. That's dumb. I don't understand stage names because half the fun is is how dumb names are, you know. Well, I learned something recently that Michael J. Fox, like J, is not his middle initial, and, and maybe this is well known. I didn't know this. But right. his, his middle initial is actually A. But he said um, that he wasn't because he couldn't just be Michael Fox, so he was inspired by Michael J. Pollard, the great. I don't. Let's not call character him actor, and that he liked that guy, so he just put he shoved a J in his name too. So here's what I do before we start the episode: we're going to think of three actors each, mm -hmm. and 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 hope against hope that they have fake names. Okay, I've, I've already begun this journey, and I've got bad news. J Stanley Tucci is his real name. You've started the journey. Yeah. Well, let's just go to Jack Lemon. His name is John Euler Lemon the Third. Well, right, I mean, so that's his real name. Yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'll do. Uh, I'm gonna do Richard uh, Jenkins. There's no way that's not his real name. 
His name is Starfruit Montgomery. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> Richard, Richard Dale Jenkins. How about Roger Moore? His real name's Roger George Moore. I'm going to go for a big one. Jason Priestley. Jason Bradford Priestley. Damn. But Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt sounds made up to me. William Bradley Pitt. Let's think of somebody with a really cra- crazy name. There's no way they would be a real name. Let's go Army Hammer. His name is Armand Douglas Hammer. I'll be fucked. <laughs> we got to hit something. Maybe someone with a really boring, boring name. You know, like uh, Kim, uh, Kim Coates. It's hardly a boring name. His real name is Kim F. Coates. All right, I'm going to go somebody that's got to be a fake name. Um, Denzel Washington. I'm gonna do Ar- his real name? Let's do Art Carney. His name is Arthur William Matthew Carney. What the fuck, people? Denzel Den- Washington? I mean, he's because his kid's Washington. So <laughs> just trying to think. Denzel man, Hayes I- Washington. Oh, I got one. Pete Postlethwaite. You know that's right. Yeah. Fuck. Uh, what about Gabriel uh, Byrne? How about Gabriel Byrne? Let's just go through the usual suspects. Gabriel James Byrne. William McNamara. <laughs> what if he changed his name? Damn it. His middle name's West. Fred Ward. It's Freddie Joe Ward. It's actually really frustrating. Um, all right. Uh, Harry Hamlin. <laughs> Harry Robinson Hamlin. Damn it. Stymied well, we, at every pass. We can't even get anything? That's surprising to me. Howie Long. Howard Matthew Moses Long. Powers Booth. Powers Booth. Powers Allen Booth. God. I know this is real name because I've looked that up before just to make sure because he was named after like a family friend. Chevy Chase. Cornelius Crane Chase. Cornelius hmm. Crane Chase. My I'm grandfather's gonna, I'm going to do one more big one. Jeremy Sisto. <laughs> why, why would you change it to that? Jeremy Merton Sisto. God damn it. Is there anybody named Egg? No. Um, Water John. Water John. Danny Dick. Andy Dick? So, guys, it's the movie Microscope. It's a show where we zoom in. We watch a film through watershed eyes, and we scan the horizon, bleakly challenging ourselves to be a better person. And we watch a film through a scrim, and we back up. And then once we reach the wall, we we look at each other and high-five and discuss the film in its entirety, singling out the moments that make or break. So if we were talking about the electric horseman, we were talking about the scene where Jane Fonda pulls out her nipple and throws it across the scene. Talk about the little moments. And that's a Western, not unlike today's film. That's right, yeah. How many Westerns have we done? None? Bad Girls. Oh, gosh. You're right. Well, and it, the Bad Girls share something in common with this movie. Can Kim I give Coates? you five seconds? No, not Kim Coates. There's got a, yeah, there's a girl named Kim in it. She's wearing a coat. James Russo, my friend. Oh, that's right. That's right. This is a, uh, this is a quintessential one. Seminal movie. I'm going to throw a, an early haymaker. Okay. This is Kevin Costner's best directorial film. This one's fighting words, man. I mean, you re- you ready to argue this over the postman? <laughs> so I love Dancing with Wolves. I love it. Mm. It's a great movie, but I think this is a better movie, and I think it's a better directed movie. It's a more a mature Costner taking on his role and also seeding uh, footing to another leading man, right? Kind of seeding, giving someone else... Uh, some stuff to do in this besides Mary McConnell and dances with wolves. That, that, is that who was in that movie? Well, yeah, but no, West Studi and uh, Graham green and Rodney strong all had great stuff to do in dance with wolves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what's his, what's the name of that actor who is so freaking weird. He's died. He always played like weird roles. Big guy. He, he played like a, 
a crossdresser in something. What well, I know someone who was in it that I always like to see show up and stuff, and he died. Okay. Charles Charles Rocket was in that movie. He was, yeah, he sure was. The guy I'm thinking of is not Charles Rocket, though, which is, and by I the way, I, I, let's look up his name. Jesus That's, Christ. There's no way Rocket is his last name, right? Charles Adam Clevery. Yep. That's what it took. Mar- Maury Chaikin. Maury Chaikin is the guy I'm thinking of. That's right. Maury Chaikin was a good actor. I forgot he was in Dances with Wolves. Yep, yep, he was in yep. a bunch of stuff. He, he had a good career, and he died fairly young. By the way, a movie microscope standard, who was uh, not a legend by any stretch of the imagination, but somebody who featured recently in the movie microscope was in this movie, and I didn't remember. Mr. Robert Pastorelli, also a defeated person. He was in uh, Dances with Wolves. Yeah. Wolves. Well, I, hadn't, I haven't seen that movie a long, for a long time. Uh, maybe I haven't seen it since high school. I might have only seen it once. I said Rodney Strong. I meant Rodney Grant. I don't know why I said Rodney Strong. Me neither. But yeah, he. Uh, this is his, I, some would say, third Western that he's directed. Because some mm-hmm. people would say The Postman is a Western as well. I would think they would. A post-apocalyptic Western. I actually think uh, we probably need to give that film a look at some point soon. We do. Um, I, I've never seen the entire film, probably for a good reason, but I want to find out. And also, any chance to see Tom Petty is a good one, as far as I'm concerned. Recently saw, uh, you know, Kevin Costner's taken some shots in his career. He uh, obviously Waterworld, which is a movie I like. Um, people made fun of that one before it came out. And uh, you know, The Postman, obviously, was a troubled production, and people critics did not like it. Um, and then I saw a clip of his uh, accent from uh, Robin Hood recently. <laughs> so... <laughs> You know, he had some uh, ups and downs in his career. I have a brother. Uh, I think people also kind of hammer on his accent in JFK a little bit. But his accent's not great, but his performance is, which is a sort of a, a strange dichotomy, but it's true. He's Doesn't fantastic he do that like in, that in 13 movie. Days, too? Doesn't he have he a does. weird accent in that? He does. He does. He's one of those guys that goes for accents when they shouldn't, but he's good enough of an actor that sometimes I guess it doesn't matter. Like you're saying, but um, it's like, he is always kind of uh, punching above his weight, but he's really good in this movie for sure. I think and he's good in um, most of his movies. He's a, he's a yeah. under underappreciated role of his. No joke is the bodyguard. That is a, that's a great performance in that movie. And it's a movie I'm, that a lot of people dismiss, but it's, it's kind of a good movie, but it, he is awesome in it. I don't know if I've ever seen it. Episode 128. Um, I'm looking at the cast for the postman and it makes me really want to see it. I'm sure it'll, I'll suffer, but listen to this. I'll start at the bottom. Okay. My boy, Ryan Hurst, who I love. Okay. Yeah. Sean Hatosi, who I love. Rex Lynn, who I super love. Gio, Giovanni Ribisi, eh, whatever. Daniel Van Bargen. Oh, wow. Tom Petty, James Russo. Nice. Must be buddies. Olivia Wilson, Lawrence Tate, Will Patton, Kevin Costner. I remember Lawrence Tate. He had a big role or Lorenz Tate, right? Isn't that his name? Yeah, whatever. And then, um, who was the, wait, who was the, the female lead in that? Uh, Olivia Williams. Olivia Williams. Um, from Waterworld, right? No. Oh, no, that was, she was from Sixth Sense. Jean Face. That's right. Olivia Williams, was she in Rushmore? She was. But we're doing open range today, folks, and this is a big one. A movie that we, I think we both find near and dear. I was luckily, lucky enough to uh, interview Costner for the old, magazine that we had as well for the website we did a Q&A screening that I moderated with the gentleman and I found him to be a wonderful subject and uh, you know there's there's people that always dismissed him as a waspy aloof guy and I did not see that person when I spoke to him so I have a very good feeling about Mr. Costner 
I don't know much about Kevin Costner, but I, the stories I've heard uh, from other people, they say that he's a bit of a film buff and he's actually kind of a nice dude, you know, like, and he's real interested in talking shop and movies. Like he's a fan of, of, uh, of film, um, much like Tom Cruise in a way, like, you know, isn't Tom Cruise kind of famously like a film fan. Also both guys started really young and have been in the spotlight ever since. Mm -hmm. And do you remember like what a couple of years ago when there was that oil spill, Costner put a ton of his own money into a project, this device to help clean the oil out of the ocean. And he spent like a year of his life trying to get that handled. I don't know if they, if they actually were able to do anything, but it was a big deal for him. So that was kind of cool. I didn't, I didn't hear anything about this. Yeah, you should look it up. And then unfortunately the device didn't work and it put all the oil into the ocean. It's, it's pretty great. <laughs> so he was trying to clean up the environment. Absolutely. Huge fan of the nice. environment. Well, he's yeah. a he's a, obviously a big fan of the environment uh, in the making of this film because he really was looking for locations that were that seemed untouched by uh, humans. And so he was he was looking for um, locations that wouldn't have anything in the background, obviously, that would like a fence or anything that would give right. away this landscape. Uh, so where's this movie set? Nick, why don't you talk about the plot? Is it in Montana? I think so. The plot is Costner, Diego Luna, Mr. Bob Duvall, and Abraham Ben Ruby play a, a quartet of individuals with their pet dog who are free grazers. They have cattle that feed on the countryside as they move across it, uh, who are just minding their own business, trying to make a living. And it turns out that they run into a man who is a cattle baron who does not like their kind. And they mm, butt heads. Like free grazers. Yeah, free grazers. And they butt heads. And it does not go well for anybody involved. Mm -mm. It goes it goes worse for some people. It does? Yeah. So, yeah, the Costner and uh, Duvall, uh, Robert Duvall, the great Robert Duvall, who's, the, who's got top building, billing in this. Um, he's kind of the boss of this outfit. Costner's mm -hmm. been working for him for about 10 years. Um, and, the, yeah, they, they've been... What traveling with cows to sell, right? Mm -hmm. Across the landscape, uh, I, across the could, west. If I could cut in once again, mm -hmm. Duvall, another guy who I had the pleasure of doing a Q and A screening with, and mm -hmm. and spending quite a bit of time with him and his his new wife. He was a that charmer, mean, absolute that means charmer. You, you did his uh, his tango movie, Assassination Tango, right? His, I remember I think seeing that. It was his, I think, his second or third directorial effort. He's still married to that lady too. They still, you know, he's still acting. He's he's, he's got to be in his high eighties at this point. Robert Duvall is eighty nine years old, still acting. Yeah, he and is. Uh, he is uh, thriving through COVID, Nick. He is getting through it. He's probably maybe he's like, you know, hiding out down south of the border. Who knows? You know, like he is or south of the equator. He, my man, is. Uh, I know the one thing's for sure. You know he is keeping healthy by tangoing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He loves to tango. Remember okay, that was a big thing on that Q&A you talked about how much he loved that dance. Yeah. It was new to him, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. It was. Yeah. He found a new passion in his life, I think he said. And I remember someone in the audience said, uh, well, you certainly couldn't see it on screen. You suck at it. <laughs> and he's like, let me be honest. I love directing. I love acting. But I love nailing young Poon. That what he said? Yeah. His wife was the one that taught him to tango in right. more ways than one, I guess is what you're saying. Yep. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's been, you know, he's a, a great actor. Did he get any award nominations for this? Because he should I think I think he wanted to. No. He plays he plays a, a hitman, yes? Yeah, he's a hitman. No, I'm talking about this movie, Open uh, Range. No, this movie didn't get any of that shit. Which is, I mean, it, it made money, which is good for it. 
but it did not. It was not it's a um, surprise. It must have been a tough year because this is. Uh, you'd think that Duvall would have gotten uh, some consideration, or Annette Benning even. Um, even Michael Gambon could have got something, some flowers thrown at his feet. I have fun. I, I, he has a really fun role in this movie. It's it's a scenery chewing role. It's a goofy role, and he is having a blast doing it. Sometimes mispronouncing the shit out of words, which I love. Well, he's Irish in this, right? He says he's from Ireland, so he's he gets to do uh, Irish an Irish accent in this. Now, is he an Irish man, Gambon, or is he? No, no. Um, are you doing a Michael Jackson impersonation? What Gambon? Gambon. Uh, Open Range won the 2004 Western Heritage Award, and it was nominated for a Golden Satellite mm. and and uh, a Taurus Award and oh. an MTV Movie Award Award for Diego Luna. So it, oh wow yeah I, a, I stand corrected correct <laughs> I stand corrected it was a critical darling. <laughs> I wonder why it wasn't um, the uh, a critical darling. Why it didn't get more awards consideration? It feels like a very uh, a movie that really wants to be considered for uh, accolades, and and rightfully so. It it it's a good movie. I'm gonna. Uh, tell you, you think it's a little too close to Unforgiven? Is that one no, of the reasons that Unforgiven to me is the uh, tombstone to this Wyatt Earp? Boom. Um, here's why it did not win the Oscars that year. The awards mm. went to as followed. Return of the King won Best Picture. Other films nominated were Lost in Translation, Master and Commander, Mystic River, Seabiscuit. Tough uh, year. Oh, Seabiscuit got it. We could have we pulled Seabiscuit out of there. Yeah. Best Actor went to Sean Penn for Mystic River. Johnny Depp was nominated. Ben Kingsley for House of Sand and Fog, which I was thinking about today, actually. Jude Law for Cold Mountain, which is an atrocity. Bill Murray for Lost in Translation. Best Director... Pete Jackson won. Fernando Morelis for City of God. Sofia Coppola for Laos and Translation. Peter Weir for Master Commander. Clint Eastwood for Mr. Gripper. So it just got curb stomped. tough competition Yeah, that it year. got curb stomped by some stuff. But I have to say that that uh, I think Cold Mountain's a little underrated. I hate I that say. movie. I hate that movie. I think you're a little wrong on it. Okay, the only award that it did get any attention for on the Oscars that year, Best Supporting Actor, Tim Robbins won for Mystic River. That was a great performance. Mm -hmm. Alec Baldwin was nominated for The Cooler. Ken Watanabe was nominated for Last Samurai. Jimin Honsu was nominated for In America. And uh, Kim Coates was nominated for Open Range. <laughs> Kim Coates has a, a, a favorite actor of, of Nick and myself. Uh, we love him. We stan him. And he it has about maybe a minute and a half of screen time in this movie. And he's amazing in it. <laughs> yes, he, is. He, is, he is so hateable. By the time he his soul leaves his body, I mean it, it it's a it's a stand up and applaud moment in the film. Like he's such an asshole within those uh, very confined space of 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 time. I so, thought I thought his role, mir miracle performance, and surprisingly quick death in Waterworld was short. <laughs> and then in Open Range, Costner's like, "You had too much screen time, pal." Unbelievable. Well, Costner must like Kim, working with Kim Coates, which makes me happy. It makes me because Kim Coates is able to really establish just a character that the audience hates very quickly. You know, and here and here's some uh, like copper plated level zooming. Uh, obviously, Costner's production company is called Tig. Right. His grandmother was called Tig. 
The dog oh. in this movie is called Tig. And Kim right. Coates played Tig on Sons of Anarchy. This is I, I think if you were to if you were to unravel the Kevin Bacon universe, the, the supreme deity in that universe has got to be Tig. So you think the Sons of Anarchy with which Krosner had nothing to do with, do you think this is a little tip of a I doubt hats? I think it's just pure kismet in, in Hollywood. Have you ever bumped uh, into anybody named Tig? No, but Tig Notaro is kind of a big deal. Yeah, I have never, I've never, right. And is that, what's the Tig short for? Is just Tig? That's a huge question. Is it Tiger Lily? Oh, speaking of people with dumb names, let's see what Tig Notaro's story is. Matilda. Ah, short for Matilda, huh? Yeah, not really. Doesn't fit. I'd like to know how she got the nickname, though. Is that, is that, I don't know if that's too deep for her early life. Oh, she was born in Jackson, Mississippi, daughter of Matilda Susie O'Callaghan, and they didn't want to confuse her with her mother, so they watched Open Range. <laughs> I thought maybe someone said Tom Hanks was in Big real quick, and they just got there, you know. So, I, yeah, so this movie, it starts out on, on an open range. Like, it's very, it lives at, there's a spoiler in the title. Whenever the the landscape comes up during the credits, you see an open range, Nick. Were you surprised? I was not. Uh, I don't like the font they used for the credits. As a city slicker yourself, did it throw you? Like whenever like something like this comes up on the screen, does it take you a minute or two to get adjusted? No. You know, this is like mother's milk to me. Because, you know, me, I once took a uh, you know vacation with my family out to South Dakota. You know, we hit Montana. Um, so I'm familiar with that. This kind of this kind of world. You, on the other hand. From New York, born in New York City, lived in Georgia your whole life. I'm surprised you didn't stay in South Dakota. Your people are there. What do you mean? Isn't that the place where everybody dies from COVID all the time? Why do you say my people? Because <laughs> you're insulting me as a as a person who has not experienced nature's tits. I'm just asking that when when you start seeing this lovely these rolling hills and these you know uh, dirt paths and you know flowing wheat do you start shitting your pants like what happens you start biting your nails no i, I understand how a, I, I understand how uh you know a wolf creek can happen you know i i understand how a mick taylor could be brought into this world yeah i love i love nature's wide open spread yeah you do i do i love it i love going out there and being amongst the nothing you know I, you know i've been around cows and shit i know what i'm talking about yeah yeah uh, but yeah yeah well speaking of the credits i love there, there's uh, it's one of those rare movies where the actor credit pops up when the actor's on screen. So you got Duvall standing there, all majestic. His name pops up. Costner rides on up, and his name pops up. It's very cool. Right, and then he gets a name. His name comes up when he the his director credit comes up when he's on screen too. I think he's a uh, he's lassoing a horse, and it's a it's a, it looks like a person that really knows what they're doing. You know, he approaches the horse slowly and just kind of slips a a rope around the horse's neck. And so, you know, Costner, I think is a, a bit of a wannabe cowboy. Isn't that correct? Yep. Doesn't he have a ranch in yep. real life? Yep. That his ringtone is that song. I want to be rock. a cowboy and you could be my cowgirl. And you know, he, what do you think? When did he, he get the cowboy uh, Jones? You think what around what time? Silverado uh, maybe. Cause yeah, that's an early, that was kind of a really, a really early film for him. Right. One of the earliest, yeah. Maybe the first. I think Fandango was the first, or American yeah. Flyers, maybe. I mean, Big Chill famously was probably his first, but he got yeah. cut out of Super Zoom. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, but love- I just wonder when he when he decided to transfer, like he decided to become kind of a, live the cowboy way, so to speak. Great movie. Episode 209. Um, Damn it. And by the way, also foreshadowing in the movie, Adrian, Abraham mm-hmm. Ben Ruby's credit comes up when they show a graceful godlit sky, which tells us where he's going. <laughs> it does. Yeah. So we, we talked about a lot of the people. So we meet up, meet first. And we also were fortunately able to meet um, Annette Benning a lot later in the film. But so what happens at the beginning is just a bunch of cow pokes tending cows. One of the cutest things in this movie happens then. What? There's a scene where a, a little calf is, is dropped off a horse it's like dropped to the ground off a horse and it lands very gracefully. It made me happy because I didn't know cows had dexterity. I thought if they were a D&D character, they'd have like a two. Yeah. But that thing comes off elegantly, lands on its little hooves, just happy as a clam. And uh, it's nice to see a little, no. it's nice to see a calf come off a horse. And uh, yeah, they say, they, you heard that expression, cows always land on their feet, right? They land on their hooves. You heard that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I think I think the saying is cows always die horribly, so we can be happy. I think that's the real saying. Um, you know, one thing you don't see in this movie is they ain't, they ain't milking them. They ain't milking these cows, right? They're no. not doing any of that kind of stuff. They're just kind of letting the meat get fatter, um, and then they're they're playing cards around the campfire, cooking up uh, food, just kind of wasting away the day. You know, obviously working, but whiling away the day. And what happens? Like, what what what's the first main thing that happens? Here? Well, first, I, I I love uh, the I love this little this little settlement stuff. These guys in their element, the mm-hmm. dynamic of these guys. For some reason, Diego Luna's the way he talks is so sweet. I love his I love his voice in this movie. I love the way he mm-hmm. talks. He's it's he's got a, such a melodic, cute little voice that just balances out really nice with the other folks. But no, they're out there. They're doing their thing establishing the dynamic of this crew you know he's a he's a kid that they kind of adopted he's he's getting scolded ben ruby is sort of a young at heart adult who kind of is the uh grunt and costner and and duvall are just badasses just kind of leathery and the cook and he's experienced where diego luna's button that's his name yeah and this is uh he's he's kind of inept they have him around, but he's not kind of worth his salt yet. They're still training him to kind of, and he seems kind of disinterested in the work in a way. And so they're always reprimanding him. Yeah. Uh, one of the first things he does is he pisses Costner off because uh, he's cheating at cards. He's, he's, they're playing cards and he keeps looking at Ben Ruby's hand. But one of my favorite things that happens with his character at the beginning is they send, they decide to send Abra- Abraham Ben Ruby to town, right? No, why did, why did they send him again? Some of their animals are missing. They have a rainstorm or something. And there's the storm, and they town. yeah, but they, they have. A they shit. send them for like they just send them for supplies or something. Well, they haven't go to town for supplies, yeah, but because they're 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 hard up, they had the storm wash away some of their shit, and yeah. some of their animals are missing. And so then Diego Luna wants to go with him, and they say no, they need him to hang back. And he says he has a cussing. He goes on a cussing fit, and he says he says damn shit bullshit. Like he says it like real quick. It's I, mean, I actually remembered that from this movie. Yeah. It's just kind of a cute little because he does play a very young character in this. He does. Um, this is this is the was this after Itumama Tambien? Of course. All I right. Think that was the first time America got to know him, at least. But yeah. And, and then uh, uh, you get a early wiki feet moment for him in this movie. He's picking his dirty feet in this. Almost and he gets uh, not 
I almost left, left the room and turned the TV off when I saw that. <laughs> He's picking his feet on a horse. He's on a horse doing it, which takes some talent, you have to say. But Costner knocks him off the horse into the into the drink. Yeah. Because he and he says, "Because you were you were cheating at cards." That's why he did it. Um, pays him back a little bit. Anyway, I apologize so for that. That's what he says. Yeah. Um, and then we see the dog. There's a there's a very cute dog Nick could point out named Tig, who is they, a lot of shots of because Costner. There are some as much as serious seventies Disney shots of that dog looking yeah. at the horizon and stuff. I love it. Costner is a huge fan of dogs. It has to be right. Yeah, he, he loves cowboy stuff. He loves dogs. Um, he loves animals, apparently. And so, yeah, Tig, the dog in this, is very uh, well. You know, it's it, you see a lot of Tig more so than some of the other characters. Yeah, well, for for a while. Yeah, and then you stop seeing as much Tig. Exactly. Well, so then Abraham Ben Ruby never comes back, and so they're worried. They're concerned. Yeah, they don't like it. And so now is this, the- is this this is after they've had to repair the wagon and all that stuff? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There's some, yeah. Like there was like a big rainstorm that just kind of throws them off. So <clears throat> yeah. So they, and you know, Michael or Abraham Ben Ruby's characters, Moe's, they go to town, Costner and Duvall to find out what happened to him. Yeah. They and on their way to town, they do something that is mysterious to me. Hmm. They blind, they, they ride their horses right through a raging river. We see them go right. both ways on this river. And it looks like, you know, it makes you wonder back in the old West, how did they know that that wasn't going to be the end of them? Like you, you see this raging river that you've never been to. I'll, are you going to mm-hmm. you just stick your horse in there and, and hope that it's not too deep? I may have experience with that kind I'd, of stuff. I'd like to think that they're at the at the end of that river. There's just a bunch of washed up horses and people just completely dead and trash. <laughs> of course, that would scare you seeing something like that. Not me, though, because I took a, a trip out west. <laughs> and so, you know, what I'm saying I yeah. get that, that kind of when I see that scene, I don't even pay attention to it. I'm like, of course, they're going to cross go across that raging river. Yeah. No problem. The horses will be fine. And the, and the Whereas local the, the locals were like, look at these guys, and he's wearing Skechers. What's your name, boy? I didn't. Have, I did get that in a town once, by the way. I went into a bar on a work thing in a small town, and this guy basically said, "He said, well, you look real fancy." Like he said to me, he turned around in a bar and said that to me. Now you know I was looking dumb. I'll and give him. I'll give him that. And then you curtsied, and he totally blew you. <laughs> I. They did not like having me in that in that town. That's for sure. That's always a sign of intelligence, you know. When people say like you're not from around here, right? Those mm-hmm. people. Those are. Those are big minded people. I answered him seriously. I I, I think I did say because I was aware enough to know that it was awkward, and he was being mean. I said, "Thank you," you know, something like that. <laughs> Thanks. So they roll into this town. What's the town name? Flat Shoals Way. <laughs> For real? I don't know. Do you know? No. <laughs> I'm a dick. I can't, I can't zoom in. <laughs> Flat Shoals Way? Uh, Ham- Harmon- Harmonville. So it's close. <laughs> Is it Harmonville? Harmonville. Everybody loves that they have, you know, Werner's Werner's boot shop in town. You see yeah. that the Werner's boot shop. I didn't see that. Yeah. You always love it when there's a boot shop. I guess Moe should have known walking in that he was walking into trouble because from the name of the town. Harmon's Way? Or Harmon's what do you call it? Harmon's I gotta go look again. That was, <laughs> was Harmonville. Yeah, well he got his he he definitely got his Ville harmed in this. Yeah, he moseyed into town. Yeah, no, he got he got harmed by Vills. <laughs> He really does, though. He, 
got his ass kicked. You so what? The first person they meet in town is Michael Jeter, who is amazing in this movie. Possibly the great the, Michael possibly Jeter. the best entrance in a film of all time. Yeah, he's this uh, owner of a local barn and uh, the, a, a livery. Livery and the boys in. are the yeah the, the Deadwood. They learn some of the stuff from Deadwood, but the boys are looking to um, they're looking for Moe's, but they got to put their horses up in town. They got to they got them uh, stormed somewhere, and this is where they do it in this barn. And Jeter kind of fills them in on what's going on. But they how does him, he make his entrance? Well, he just he does. It's almost like he goes down the the bat pole in this. But we, it's uh, we see we see a sandbag go up, and we see mm-hmm. Jeter come down on a rope. Exactly on a rope. And I'd like to think that's how he went into heaven. One of Michael Jeter's last performances. In I think fact, it was his last. Uh, he had, um, I think Polar Express came out after this. That doesn't count. It's not a movie. But Costner said he sh- was able to show this movie to Michael Jeter before he passed away. That's and good because my, I mean, and, and Michael Jeter, Jeter was perfect, fantastic yeah, in this. Yeah, Jeter was perfectly healthy when he showed him the movie. And he <laughs> he passed instantly. That guy is, turn- he's turned in so many memorable performances. Like, he's just such a good actor and he's fantastic in this movie. And he's not in it a lot, but he's a very sympathetic character in that. He lives in a town that is ruled by assholes, but he is not an asshole. And he is, as soon as these guys roll into town, he is on their side, which is great. It's so good that the world's different now that towns aren't run by assholes. <laughs> That's true. And so Jeter says, yeah, I know about your friend. This big guy, he came into town the other day. That's his horse right there. And he uh, got a bit of sc- a scuffle with the law and he's in jail. He's in the jail cell. Yeah. And so, of course, Costner is a salty war veteran who's got some blood on his hands and 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 Duvall's a, a seasoned but uh, more uplifted kind of guy. They Costner's like we better bring our shotguns into town just in case. So mm-hmm. they go into into town with a little chip on their shoulder to see what the fuck's down. And they go to the local jail and they meet whom? Michael they meet James Russo, who always is usually I mean typically playing bad guys. And he's playing the local sheriff and they also meet uh, Michael Gambon, who is like you, how'd you put it? He was, he's a uh, land baron or something, yeah. as you put it. Yeah, he's the, Russo's the marshal in town and mm-hmm. he, and he does all the talking at the beginning there when, where they're kind of getting the lay of the land from, from Costner and uh, Duvall. Mm-hmm. And there's a little, there's a little bit of uh, dick measuring there with, between the two. And then uh, when the, when the conversation gets a little heated, Gambon steps in. And uh, kind of lays down the law. He's, you know, basically he is, he's, he's, he's like, I am the villain and I don't like it. So a couple of things happen where James Russo and is saying that Mo started this fight. He came into town and started a fight with these guys. And Costner Duvall says, Mose doesn't start fights. He finishes them. So they already know that they're lying about their, their friend. And uh, when they look him over too, they realize that, as Duvall says, looks like somebody put boots boots to him when he, after he was down. And then Rizzo goes, does it? <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I love it because uh, Gambon's like discussing what these guys do. Free grazes a free grazing. You know, he's <laughs> and then he and he calls him Spearman. Not Spearman, <laughs> but Spearman. Yeah, they both have great names in this. So Duvall's name is Boss Spearman. And what's Costner's? Charlie, remember? Charlie Wait, but we we Charlie find Waite. out that their names are a little longer than a little more to it later. Yeah, yeah, and, and then <clears throat> and then Denton Baxter is uh, Gambon's character. The big takeaway in this scene, though, is that Michael Gambon says that they're not welcome here, and the last people that did what they did, um, or they found themselves really fucked. Yeah, they got like just things were burned, people were shot, shit was trashed. 
It's a big threat. Yeah. And then also you learn in the scene that Kevin Costner, who is the secondhand uh, man to Duvall here, is a little bit of a, he seems like he's a little bit of a violent person. Um, and so, you know, before this, you don't know, you don't know that about Costner yet. Yeah. And then, so they, 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 they basically it was all a ruse to kind of just let them know the lay of the land. They didn't really intend on keeping Mose in jail. So they let it, they let them take their man and then they go to the doctor. Did you see what was happening on the desk in that jail, the, at the sheriff's desk in that scene? No, I did not. There's peanut. There was loose peanuts oh, yeah, on well, top of the desk. R- Russo's eating them at the beginning when they walk mm-hmm. in. They're snacking on them. Yeah. I didn't know what it was at the Fed first. I was I was surprised to later uh, find out they were peanuts when I, I put it together in my mind at first. I didn't know what he was doing with those things on top of his desk. I thought they were uh, maybe coins. Well, right when they walk in, Russo is fingering that bag and eating some treats. And I love that. I is love. He? I love the distorted glass on the on the jail cell on the wall there when they walk by. It's it gives them a. It's like, it does. I man, they sucked want, back then. They sucked at glass. I just want <laughs> a huge zoom. I wanted to ask you though: Is it supposed to make me like these two villains less that they're sharing peanuts? Because it doesn't. That's Costner's first mistake here. Is he's trying to say these two disgusting, despicable humans are sharing a, a peanuts sharing a snack that just makes me i just immediately went to their side like i was in the middle at that point right yeah like on the one hand i like i don't want to see mose get beaten down on the other hand peanuts you know yeah but if you notice when they roll into town but they pass that boot shop they see a guy in tears uh, closing up the peanut shop because he's been robbed (laughs) (laughs) they have peanut shops back then is uh could you get like a Scooby t-shirt or a Snoopy t-shirt? Scooby, an idiot. So they go to the they go to Doc Barlow's place. Your worst nightmare. You hate this uh doctor in this movie. You've brought him up, him up for years. He looks like he's a beady-eyed motherfucker. He looks like Steve Murphy and Guy Pierce double teamed a mole rat and had a fucking <laughs> gross baby. I'm going to tell you who that actor is. I was surprised to learn. That is Dean McDermott. Tori Spelling's husband. And he's a man that was on Dean, Tori and Dean, the TV show, or Dean and Tori. I don't know. I never watched it. They have many kids together. He's the doctor in this movie, and he's sporting a limp. Yeah. Acting he's not in, He's not in it a very much. Too much. And Nick does not like him in this movie. Something about him, and I, I, I nailed it when I was, when I, the, it's his beard. His beard sucks. It's not an old West beard. He fucked up. He didn't, he didn't uh, get a real beard for the West. And do you think he looks too handsome? He's cl- very clean, doctor? clean haircut, clean beard, mm-hmm. a little too clean out, you know, but f- just, I don't trust him. He, he's, uh, he's got a look and he, he's scarier than the real Barlow. <laughs> they bring in Moe's uh, and he starts to look him over. And w- one thing that he does that's nice is he doesn't take money after he, he patches Moe's up because he's made enough off of the, off, off of the patching up he's done to the guys that Moe's beat up. Yeah. He's like, you know what? This one's on me. So, but he also has a sister in there. Yeah. So we discover he's a shitty businessman as well. Why? Uh, he, it's a profit center, his doctor's office. Right. You don't be giving away shit for free. I don't know. I know. Look, he was nice. And, you know, he also works with a woman that is, appears to be his wife at first. And, you know, they're both treating... Uh, Mo's are tr- they're helping they're 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 cutting open shirts they're applying gauze yeah uh, they're checking they're checking um uh damage 
Yeah. And, you know, Coster's kind of given the old, you know, up and down to this uh, woman played by Annette Benning, but he realizes that she's off limits because obviously she's the doc's wife. Yeah. And that's not the case. Well, that's that a very misogynist thing for him to be thinking. You think so? Just because she's with him, you know, she's automatically under him. Well, they are at the doc's house. Yeah. And so it appear, appearances are that these two are a couple. And when they start to make out, it's very. Yeah. They start to make out on top of uh, Ben Ruby's uh, half conscious yeah. body. Yeah. No, but so Costner, obviously, he's he's been out. Obviously, he's a little randy, I think, as all of them are. They're free grazing. That's what they what are they supposed to do? Yeah. You know? Yeah. They got to run off into the hills if they want to crank one out. So he's yeah, he 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 definitely takes notice of this of this woman. Buster anyway, is get... like, Charlie, this is the eighth time you've walked Tig in the past couple of hours. <laughs> Why do you have to keep walking Tig up in the woods? <laughs> Why do you keep going off to take showers? There's no showers out here. Tig is like, I am empty. What are you doing? <laughs> so um they leave with uh, Moe's who's patched up. They go back. And there's they... a very cute scene when they leave. Because Duvall is talking up that the Barlow couple, bragging mm -hmm. up, bragging about them to Costner, almost like a fuck you. Like, look at how happy this couple is. <laughs> I know. Look what they have. <laughs> he doesn't yep. run into the woods to Jack ever. And then what what is uh what does Costner say? It's like I, I just blew a load. I don't need any. No, he says uh, he says something like uh, paints a pretty picture, and he goes, "I heard those are worth a thousand words." Like he's pissed that right. Duvall's going on and on about this life that obviously is so far out of reach of one Kevin Costner's character. Yeah, uh, Charlie Wait. So I, th I, is, I think what Costner is trying to indicate is that his character came up with that phrase. Well, here's what I'm saying: is that Costner starts to sulk a little bit. But there's a moment later on in the film that is maybe the pinnacle of sulking. <laughs> the most sulking I've ever seen committed to a film. Okay. Uh, that's much later. We'll get to it. But just remember that because right now he's kind of, he's bummed out. He doesn't doesn't want to hear about someone being happy when he can't be happy. Right, right. When he can't be rolling around in the barn with a lady. Yeah. You know? Fucking her. Exactly. That's what, I, I mean, you know, at least giving her some smooches, holding hands. Yeah. Holding glands, you know. <laughs> I mean, his name, Charlie Wait, man, he wait a lot. Waiting big time. Uh, um, then we get to see the largest coffee pot hanging I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> they are into their coffee, this crew. They, they use that as a selling point that they're going to get coffee that's fresh. Well, that's what I, that's what one of my favorite lines in this film is by Duvall when he says, he says, uh, Button, go get the Keurig. <laughs> it's it's coffee time yep um, but that is a enormous coffee pot hanging over the fire so you know they they you know they try to they realize that they've been threatened they don't really know what to do and then when they come back uh, and they talk to Diego Luna he says hey I there's some guys on the ridge that look strange and so they go look at the guys on the ridge and they are strange what do they look like they're wearing sacks on their heads and i haven't seen a lot of good people wearing sacks on there mm -mm. there was a zero a zero conversion rate on sack on head and duvall's like hey let's go find out what they want and he, so they start riding towards them and they disperse so those guys disperse so they know that they're in trouble they have to figure you know duvall doesn't like to get pushed around but he knows that they're that they're in trouble costner says 
they you know when people tell you a story like that they mean business you know when yeah they, they, have, they have a little heart to heart and we're starting people the pieces are starting to fall into place mm-hmm. uh, it's basically he's unlocking charlie wait he's starting to unlock that killer again <laughs> like he's you know he's leveled up and and deval does what may be the biggest zoom i've ever seen in a film in this mm-hmm. he, he tells costner 10 years is a decade he does yeah, because that's how long they've been together. Yeah, I love that. He goes, they call that a decade. So it makes me wonder if the late 1800s is where the term decade really Maybe. entered the lexicon. Because that's got to be a Greek thing, right? Ancient Maybe. Greeks have been around shit long. I'll allow, you, I'll, I'll allow that, Zoom. I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> um, anyway, so they decided that they're going to... Can I... Um, If I die mm-hmm. like early, mm-hmm. can you please petition for my gravestone to say... The ancient Greeks lived a shit long. <laughs> On your gravestone? Mm-hmm. I imagine I'd be fighting and, with your And then underneath it, in, in an asterisk, I didn't. <laughs> but <laughs> like, I swear he wanted this, and people are getting mad at me. Yeah. Then, they, then, uh, then they're like, episode 111 proves it, or whatever this is. Um, they're like, look, he, look, he listened to this. Yeah, listen to this podcast. Listen to it. Um, you know, he said, I promise, like, there's no way we're listening to that shit. <laughs> Yeah. Don't you want to hear his don't you want to hear his voice? Yeah, my loved his ones. Le- no, we don't. We my don't loved ones that. create an Apple account just to give us one star. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, they decide they're gonna take on these bad guys. They're gonna they're gonna be proactive and and Duvall and uh Costa, they're gonna uh, find these guys, you know, at night and then fuck with them and threaten them instead of getting threatened. So they do that. It's a pretty cool scene. Great line. That's uh, one one twitch and you're in hell. Is that what you're thinking? One twitch and you're in hell. Yeah, it's great. I love it. And then the guy get, he nails a guy in the dick, and he mm. casually says, "It'll be a while before he's of use." It's pretty great, <laughs> right? So they knock around these guys a little bit. They they embarrass them. They make their pull them pull them pa- their pants on, put on their little uh, their scary gear, their little mask. But these guys say, "Hey, we're not the only ones. There's a couple of us riding toward your camp right now." And what happened is these two you know, seasoned cowboys left their friends back at camp um, vulnerable. And one of the things that Moe says, his last words, do you remember? No, tell me. So they, they, these oh, guys are yeah. riding away. Uh, about sugar? Yeah, and he says, uh, I got some sugar in that town. And I thought he meant something else. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But he actually did mean actual sugar. So they were, him and um, Button were going to have a snack. And I hope they got to have that snack before now, <laughs> Moe's gets shot in the head. In the Wild West, how do you take in sugar? Like, if you just have a bag of sugar, how do you experience that in a way that's exciting? Are they mm-hmm. are they licking their finger and dipping it? Are they putting He might it- have been saying it was candy, but he called it sugar. No, like I th- I'm thinking sugar. I don't think he's going to sell. He shows up with some lollipops. Boss Spearman's going to say, what the fuck, dog? You know, but if he shows up with a bag of sugar, that's a supply. Maybe getting sugar to make like pancakes or some shit. I don't know what they did back then. I think well, they have coffee, so maybe yeah. there. And then sh- you know, back then it was so funny because they had like I think there were only like eight ingredients back then. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, so it was like flour, sugar, wheat. You know, like uh, molasses. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah, keep going. Uh, tofu. You know, and they would just <laughs> make everything out of all that. Peppermints, pepper, yeah, <laughs> pepper, peppermints. Anyway, so. Um, Anyway, so there, those guys are being cute, kind of tickling each other. Those little, these young, these young characters, and then Costner and Duvall rush back to this to their encampment, and they see violence has happened. Yeah, they trip over Ben Ruby's ghost. 
<laughs> so they find a, a shot, a side shot button who's still breathing. They find that sounds like a, a Black Keys song. <laughs> side shot button? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> they find a forehead shot Mose. He's not breathing. And then the worst thing yeah, they see. No Tig come to greet us. And uh, the dog has been killed. Now, they don't say exactly how. I figured poisoned, but um, it looks maybe they, sh they shot the dog, too. And Costner, that's that's the worst part of this whole thing, well, is seeing the dog see, dead. Knowing you and knowing this show and knowing your trademark, I'm surprised you did not see that it had died of autoerotic asphyxiation. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not my trademark. but Now, the dog got shot. The dog was shot away. I like when they both... And, and kind of almost like choreographed step over the body of Moe's and rush toward the fallen dog. <laughs> I'm with them. <laughs> I am with them. I, I, I could not agree with them more. Um, and so they are, they are pretty upset that two of their uh, companions are now deceased and one of them's on his way. They think that button might not make it through the night. And if he does, if he does make it through the night, they're going to get him to town back to that doctor but and first, Costner's all excited because he's like you mean I get to see my sweetie uh, I get to creep around the house and give sideways glances I like they're, they're like we we need to be very speedy about this or else he's gonna die and Costner's like let me dig the biggest grave <laughs> and uh, let me bury a huge man <laughs> It's uh, he does. He's he spent some time digging that grave. I, I'm surprised he didn't dig the grave, throw Tig in, and then just lay, lay Ben Ruby on top of the buried Tig. But they do give a eulogy to both of them, and, and Duval, it's very sweet. It's sort of Duval Rips got an ass. <laughs> like I said, it's very sweet. <laughs> Duval said he doesn't want to give the eulogy because he's pissed at God, and then Coster gives a very sweet. Uh, remembrance of Moe's about how nice he was. But then he spends most of the time talking about the dog. And he sa he says this really interesting thing. He said, it seems like old Tig wouldn't even kill birds at the end. Yeah, which and tells then you just Tig used to be a bird murderer. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have in my notes the term bird murderer <laughs> written down. <laughs> or just a birderer. <laughs> but I, I was like, is that why the... In that scene, I didn't notice until I rewound, but that scene where they they uh, find Tig's dead body, the birds are in the background wiping their brows. <laughs> I thought it was a whimsical shot, but it didn't match the movie when the camera goes underground to Tig's body under the soil, curled up in a sweet ball, no sign of Moe's, and that flash cuts to his cut-up body on the surface being eaten alive by ants, <laughs> looking all burnt out. <laughs> I've never seen birds like high five their wings before. <laughs> they now they know they got to get back to town, and then once they go back to town, they're going to be vulnerable to this crew of complete assholes. But Costner says, "Look, we're going back to town. I got to give you a couple. I got to tell you a couple things." Like so, Duvall first tries to to kind of get it out of him. Costner doesn't want to talk about it, that he's a once was a cold blooded killer, but then he comes clean. At, at it, it, this is a really cool scene when. He's kind of throwing up. He is throwing up. And Duvall's like, what's wrong? He's like, I ate what was left of Moe's. <laughs> he says, I got some old feelings coming up. And Duvall presses him. And he goes, don't, don't stand behind me, boss. And so you just know that Costner is a bit of a badass. 
um, a bit of a, you know, once a killer. And he, he does, he does kind of, he does lay it out for Duvall at, at night at the campfire. He tells him his whole background, his origin story. Yeah. And Duvall's, I think, sleeping through it. Meanwhile, but, um, meanwhile, Button's like, I need fucking help. Stop <laughs> talking. Get me somewhere. I'm shit. <laughs> I'm side shot. And, and then, and Costner's like, I would, but you cheated at poker. So they go back to town where, the, where her eager beaver is waiting. <laughs> and so they go to the doc's house. Doc's not in because he's actually treating the guys that are, that got their asses kicked by Duvall and Costner at the, at the, at the bad guy camp. But the, but you know, the doc's sister's there, quote unquote. Yeah. And she starts treating, she starts treating button and she does this thing with it. Do you see what she do, holds up this thing to his ear? His yeah. Ear. And Costner or Duvall or Costner, I forgot who it was, starts to judge her and she has to fucking drop science on him hard. Yeah. It's like he might have bleeding in his fucking stupid head. Dude, I'm sticking this thing in his ear because it's like a mirror. I'm looking for blood and they still don't believe her. And then, and, like, then and then uh, he, they no. show her a picture of the RKO dog and she's like, no, this is different. <laughs> well, they, st- they still, they still, um, they, they actually start to settle down and realize that they don't need the doctor, that she knows what she's doing. And she starts taking care of um, our little wounded button. And, and Co- Costner looks at his, his bucket list and check mark right there. Oh, she can, she can, she's, got, she's good with her hands and she doesn't need help. So they have, they decide to have some tea, little sit down, little coffee, little treat, you know, sit down at the old table. And she brings out the uh, fancy, the fancy, you know, cupware. And there's an adorable scene where the guys can't, they don't know how to use teacups. They can't get their fingers through the thing, the, the little handles, and they're they're confused. And she brings out the big mugs. She goes, I'm sorry. But it's so funny because there's, there's some cute. physical, little physical comedy from Costner and Duvall. Yeah, and two du- men that are out of their element, not used to being in a proper house. And Duvall drops a great line explaining hmm. why they can't use it. He tells Benning, too many broke knuckles. Yeah, can't get our... Yeah, it's good. And and another thing is Duvall tells her what happened. And uh he says, you know, these guys they got they, they came at us, they they shot button, they killed our friend, and then he gets choked up and they <laughs> killed our dog. <laughs> then he goes for the teary voice as soon as he mentions the dog. And the ghost of Moses sitting in heaven going, What the actual fuck? And God actually kicks him out as as Tig ascends. <laughs> So this movie's got some mad dog love. Yeah, well, I have to be honest. I get mm-hmm. it. I get it. Yeah. How many animals have been bad compared to people? Like I, I'm down. I mean, Moses is a sweetheart, but he's a he's you know he's no dog. Is it even close? No, no. I'm, because the animals have done some damage, Nick. I mean, you're for, you're definitely forgetting. What are you talking about? Talking about what are you talking about? Prophecy. I'm talking about anything. I'm talking real life animals done damage. Snakes, dogs, tigers, you name it. I mean, tell me an animal that hasn't caused havoc on this world. No, injuring humans. I mean, that's not bad. There's, oh, okay. there's that, I mean, that's your angle. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you can't compete. <laughs> mm-hmm. Animals have no malice in their ass. Like they are sweet. And if uh, they're killing a guy, it's for a damn good reason. You think so? Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> Did you see? So they go to town. It's raining because they got to go to town and and start to ask around because um, they want to confront the sheriff. And so they go to a bar and all this stuff. And and uh, but one of the thing, the first things they do when they get to town, it's flooded. The streets are flooded, and there's a dog that's 
uh, washing down the streets like he's he's drowning and Costner rescues it. Yeah. And by the scruff. Yeah. He grabs it by the scruff. Right. Rescues the pup. And then this man that owned the dog. It's his daughter's dog. And he says, and, and Duvall tries to shame him. Duvall tries to shame people in this movie. Yes, but he, he does. says that you shouldn't shouldn't have the dog outside in weather like this. And he blames his daughter. Yeah. But he does. He does. He buys him drink. He buys him a drink or buys him soup or something. Right. And he says that uh, <clears throat> was the dog that they found. Was he? They said something about someone living off cafe garbage, which I thought was a fr- strange phrase. This movie's written by uh, someone you mentioned was like Costner's buddy. I, I'm just assuming Craig Storper. That sounds like he doesn't have a friend. He doesn't have um, uh, many credits to his name, but he certainly this certainly is a well-written script. I think there's a lot of good lines in it. And Cafe Garbage, probably the most memorable. <laughs> I can't remember who said it or why. But, uh, <laughs> um, before the well, there's there's a couple of good lines of dialogue before that scene when when they're at the table with uh, Benning mm-hmm. and uh, Duvall's uh, pushing it. He's given he's given Costner the business, and Costner says. Uh, how about I hold your head underwater for just a little while? It's a cute <laughs> little moment. And then um, before they leave, Duvall goes and talks to Button, his, his, his immobile body, and he doesn't realize Benning's in the room, and he gets shamed. And yeah. uh, and so he, he says it's kind of dumb talking to him like that. Like he's, he's like sell, he's selling himself down the river. Well, I like that the one thing I did like about the relationship between Duvall and Costner was whenever Costner kind of lashes out, which happens a couple times in this movie, where he feels like, you know, if you think of Duvall as his dad in a way, he feels like he's always trying to impress Duvall and then also kind of having his like rebellious streak a little bit. There's a couple of times where he lashes out and Duvall goes, okay, okay. You know, he kind of, he kind of backs off. He never like challenges them. Yep. He just kind of is like, okay, you know, you're right. You're right. You know, that kind of thing. Yep. I like that about them. Okay. Um, cool. And it's a good zoom if you think about it. <laughs> There's an awful scene though. Uh, there's a scene where Costner is resting and he has a dream sequence and that's, yeah. that scene sucks. It's a little bit of a cheat. Yeah. He thinks one of those hoodeds is in, in the house and then he, he freaks out and that Benning who's actually in the room and yeah, she it, lets them... it shows that he's got demons and all this and that, but I don't think, I don't think he needed to break her China. He, uh, yeah, he holds a gun up to her. He thinks she's the bad guy and, and that's a scary little sequence and, he feels embarrassed by it. I do love that Duvall steps in front of the gun and, you know, mm-hmm. he's willing to take a take a, a huge bullet, you know. Yeah, he says, hey, Charlie, come on, calm down. It's just a bad dream. And, and you know, and, and then Costa goes, don't you stand between me and her fucking sweetness? Well, Costner had a nightmare. He didn't they didn't show it was a deleted scene, but he, he dreamt that he accidentally liked Moe's more than the dog. <laughs> and he just had a so woke up. <laughs> frightened he's like what world is this uh i like his what do you think when conquistador beard and mustache set up who costner he's got a cool little conquistador yeah. thing going on he's kind of kind of got his uh as kind of one of his you know his, he's balding in this but he's got a, you know how you talked about cotton candy wisps early like <laughs> yeah who did you who did you talk to robert, robert forrester yeah he's kind of got i mean obviously he has more hair than forrester did at that point but he does have. It's kind of his his hair's last stand in this movie. Before he, he does he's kind of is he bald now? I don't I don't I don't know the state of his head lately. <laughs> What's going on? I, under you that know I, I I I haven't been to that countdown website in quite some time. 
level with me. What's happening? I think it's just it's it's thin. I don't think it's gone. I mean, he's he's still got some some great shit going he's on. He's on that show Le- Yellowstone where he's always wearing the cowboy hat, right? Yeah, but he's still got hairs. Does he? Yeah, I don't know if he's wearing a wig, but I don't think he is. I don't want to think about Costner not having hair. Is he is he gone in the way of like Woody Harrelson sort of? Does he have that kind of look, or does he have long dreads? <laughs> well, trying to picture it. Yeah, I mean, he's got a couple, and I know uh, Postman is one of his long dreads. So he also uh, they try they go back to town. They try to get uh, a drink at a bar, and they are uh, uh, the bartender is not serving them. But he and Costner <laughs> he gets his attention. The guy won't serve him, and Costner uh, takes an empty mug and slides it down the bar right on the bartender's face who's leaning over to talk to a customer. He gets a mug to the mug. It it smashes across his face. That's a great little moment. Then he shoots the mirror out with a shotgun. He he gets the bar's attention. The bartender's like, I can't serve you guys because this bar is owned by the the big bad in this Yeah, and I like the fact that this may be the the only non-Warner Brothers cartoon I've seen the word varmint executed. (laughs) But Costner has a plan. By the way, he he thinks that they should just go straight to the sh- and and just basically hold the sheriff up, and that's how they should get it done. And and Duvall is like, I don't like that plan, and Coster gets mad at him. Yeah, He's like that's exactly what we should do. And so there's a little bit of that going on. But anyway, this is the bar scene is when Coster finds out that's not a sister, that's a wife. That's not a wife, that's a sister. Right, the, the doc's sister. Yeah, the camera they- camera whip pans to his belt being unbuckled. I like this, the full shot of him in the middle of the screen. He jumps up and clicks his heels together. <laughs> and uh, he cannot wait to get back to the doctor to A, check on button, B, check on unbutton. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Which one? Yeah. Yeah. He, he's like, I will fuck Luna to get to her. <laughs> I'll so they run back to the doctor's through office. Button. I will fuck through button. <laughs> And Robert Duvall's like, wait up, but Costner's way ahead. Uh, he's running to the dock, and um, he he kicks open the door, and he says, I heard you're a sister, not a wife. <laughs> he screams like, it. Fuck a gunfight. I need this. Um, but they bump anyway, into Michael one. Jeter out there on the porch when they're leaving the yeah. bar, and there's a great scene. That's a great scene with them. Little, it just shows that that those little dynamics. Uh, oh, my God. And oh, Yeah, Jeter gives them the heads up that they're – that they are about to get, uh, uh, they're about to get arrested or killed by these guys hiding all around. Jeter kind of gives them the lowdown, yeah. And so they go the other way. I think that, is that when they go to the? Is that when they go? They go over straight the, to the sheriff's yeah, office. Yeah, they go visit the sheriff, and 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 then this is this is where I I was reading some of the trivia on this, and James Russo is a huge Jake Busey fan. He's <laughs> like, how do I pay my respects to Jake Busey? Jake Busey's fluorescent green violin and yeah. Starship Troopers. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so they show up in the and Russo's sitting there fiddling around. Yeah, he's playing the fiddle, kicking back. He's waiting for the these bodies to be brought brought back to him <laughs> from his boys. And they're in a much different condition than he expects. Yeah, they are. They're <clears throat> they're alive bodies. And Duvall, uh, they tie him up in the jail cell and they chloroform the shit out of him. <laughs> they knock him out. Yeah, that's the only sin that Duvall com- commits in this film is he steals chloroform. But I can't remember the order. I think that th- at this point they were back at the dock. I don't know what where, what's happening. I can't. I just took notes. We're on right. We're on. The, we're on the right track. Yeah, they get they get him all fucked up, and then uh, man, and then they get the drop on the other guys. They come to report. They're like, "Look, I don't know what the fuck." And then they you know they get the drop on them. And that's the only time that Duvall gets mad at Costner and doesn't pull back because Costner doesn't wake him up. So Costner, right. so he's <clears throat> he's startled 
by the arrival of these guys, even though Costner's got everything on lockdown. And I think that they this stuff happens, and then they go back to the to the dock, and uh, Costner has a little. He's excited because he starts to see Annette Benning undress in her room. Remember, and he's well, doing he's, a little creep, creeping, peeping. Well, he's he's actually innocent. He's cleaning poop and shit off the ground that came off his boots. He's not that innocent, my man. Yeah. He's peeping. Well, the door. She leaves the door open. You know, the oldest trick in the book. She wants him to see, and then she Close wants the she wants him to see her being disappointed in him. But it's all a ruse. She's she's down. She think you think she's w- way attracted to this this cowpoke, huh? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think you're right. Yeah, Barlow poke. He, that's what she's thinking. Mm-hmm. But she, yeah, he's cleaning all that dog shit. I love that. That's one of my. That's why he should have gotten nominated. That's the where he's on his knees cleaning up dirt and poop. Mm-hmm. He pulls his, in. and then uh, then they start to you know they make eat breakfast together. Or, like he makes her breakfast, or and then um, he reveals that they thought that she was the wife, but now she's not. He they they start to prepare for their gun battle the next day, and she gives him a good luck charm, which is a locket. And he goes, "This is a good likeness of you," and and it's his mother, and then it's jo- her mother, and then Joe Spinell says, "Almost as hot." <laughs> And I then love it. He gives he he gives this line, which I thought was a great line. He's kind of he you know, confesses his feelings for her, and he says, "Ain't nothing happened in this old town that was a surprise, but you." And then he goes, "Oh, and Mo's getting killed." <laughs> <laughs> I like the fact that uh, it's like a Red Dead Redemption moment. Like she gives him the locket, you see his, him, him level up, you know. <laughs> And then he blows a load, and you see his stamina go down. He's all dehydrated from all the cum. Oh God! And they, yeah, so he basically is giving. He gave. He confesses his his like to her, you know. Yeah. And it's a very you know very high school type. You know, they're both you know. She's like, I never thought that Kevin Costner would ever like me, you know. And he's like, same. And so anyway, they go to this. They start going to this gun battle. We we talked a lot about this movie so far, and it's. We haven't even got to the gun battle, which is an amazing. Well, it's an amazing, here, it's an amazing here, here, battle. Okay, yeah. So the, the the prep for the gun battle is amazing, mm-hmm. um, because first of all, Duvall brings breakfast to the guys in the jail cell, which is adorable. He, he wakey wakey, I brought you breakfast, and he shows them the chloroform bottle, which is just <laughs> amazing. And they all grown. Yeah. They but, don't want it. But then they go to the general store to do some shopping. And it's mm-hmm. that is one of the cutest and weirdest scenes in a movie like this because the film actually takes the time for the proprietor to go over his entire candy inventory. <laughs> Which, and it looks good. It looks, it looks fine, delicious. but that probably could have been cut. I don't think we need to know every product that he carries. I, it's a, I'm a big fan of like candy in jars, just sitting loose in jars. And I don't get enough of that in my life. Do you? Yes. You do. Yeah. Up in the big city, we get that kind of shit. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he goes through this, this his uh, his whole shelf of candy and Duvall's like, give me the good stuff. I want the good stuff. What's the what's the best stuff you have? The most expensive. And it's this 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 dark Swiss chocolate. He candy shames the <laughs> <laughs> candy shames him. Yeah. He uh, says he starts eating this candy you bought and he says, you ever try this? And the, the owner said, no, of course not. It's expensive. And he goes, um, he takes a bite and he goes, oh, this is good. He goes, why don't you have a bite? He gives, and the owner, it's very sweet. The owner takes a bite, takes a big bite. Yeah. Doesn't even offer any to his wife who's working there. Absolutely not. Or maybe a sister. I don't know. They never <laughs> specify. And, uh, and, uh, 
Duvall says, this has been sitting in front of you the whole time and you never even tried it. He shames the guy. And, he, and then he says, you are a two-bit William Sanderson wannabe. If I was that guy, I would have been like, well, I tried it now, didn't I? I did try it, so that no longer has an effect He's like, I got you to pay for it, bitch. (laughs) And he had buy some stogies and uh, some cigars. And um, Costner, he's kind of secretive. He's in the catalogs. Yeah, and that's why I don't like the proprietor's wife, because she's giving him a dirty look for, like, ripping out a page of the book. You don't like that? I don't. Uh, She needs to mind her own goddamn business. That's Charlie fucking store. It's Charlie Waite we're talking about. He, That's her story. He, he's in he's the, ripping up their, their catalog. He has just unlocked level two of the courtship process. <laughs> but she doesn't really do anything. He leaves with that piece of paper. You don't know what he's doing with it. Yeah. But he does slide it to Jeter yeah. before they go rain and hell G- down. Jeter has one of the great lines when they give him the Cuban cigar. Mm-hmm. He says, better than them crappers I usually smoke. <laughs> What he calls a, them crappers. He calls them crappers. It's so good. It's, now you're in the cigar business. I am. Nick. I am. Do you ever hear people refer to cigars as crappers? No, but I love it. I may have to throw that yeah. into the vernacular now. There's also another thing that, that I loved in this is that as a as a derogatory term, they call people cow punchers. Yeah. I've heard that a lot. <laughs> what does that mean? What does that mean? I love it. it it's like people that actually went around and punched cows? No. Cow puncher is not. I don't think it's a derogatory term, though. I think it's a... a a term that's still in use that's not not derogatory. Are you serious? Yeah. You know what I noticed though? Jeter's beard is all over the place in this movie. It's different in almost every scene. And I'm gonna Jeter is a delightful man he, in this. He is though. wonderful. I'm gonna say this. I, it makes me think he's an angel. He's been sent from on high because his beard is not normal. I think he's coming. I think he, his character is a blessing to them in every scene. He does everything to help them. He does. And I think that's one of the side effects of being a, a, a cosmic being is the beard integrity has suffered. <laughs> <laughs> I hate when you read directly from the movie's trivia page. <laughs> So they're, um, they're getting ready for the big ass fight. Coates so yeah, Ka- Coster start. No, Coates is in town. That's what makes me hard. Well, the the bad guys. The, you see Coates for the Kim Coates for the first time. Who you've heard is this is this assassin, this this horrible person that is like the most threatening gun hand on the bad guy's side, and he has a broken arm from Ben Ruby. Yeah, and so he Coates shows up in a slim sling, and the first thing you see is he's losing his mind. He's laughing his ass off because those guys are the sheriff is tied up in the his own jail. Yeah, he is. He loves it. He loves it. You know what's yeah, funny he's though so is he's so goofy. But then when he puts his game face on when he leaves the jail, mm-hmm. very convincing. He goes. He, he's a, he goes cold cat, man. Mm-hmm. And so Costner tells Duvall what has to happen. He said they're going to be overconfident because of their numbers. That gives us a little bit of an upper hand because they're not going to. They're not going to know that Costner is very skilled with a, a weapon. Yeah. As soon as the shooting starts, he tells Duvall to start firing. As he's licking his you know, his uh, fingers because he's eating a melted candy bar at that point. And I love Costner's directing decision in that scene because he, because he, he, Duvall's kind of making fun of him. He's like, good is good, melted or not. And then they cut to a meal from Robocop and he says, nah, uh, uh, hard disagree. <laughs> it was a choice. <laughs> and uh, yeah, as they're getting ready, Michael Jeter is reading this piece of paper that Costner slipped him in. It says, it's Costner's will. And he and it's a very it's a very well done scene. I think Jeter is amazing in that scene. And he and it, that that's what he he says like uh, that if I die, all my stuff goes to this beautiful woman I just met. 
and then buy her this China pattern, like this, right? This, yeah. uh, like she needs more China. Tell me about yeah, it. What does she need more China for? It's not like she has but, guests all the time. It's a dumb gift. That yeah. He's but Beard, her. Beard is also in a new place during that scene. <laughs> they uh, they uh, reveal to each other their full names. Concert says you can't go into battle without knowing Boss Spearman's actual name, which is Blue Bonnet Spearman. Mm-hmm. And what's Charlie's full name? Charles Postlewaite. Charles Travis Postlewaite. Oh, does he say that? Yep. Uh, and then, of course, the scene of the, the the showdown begins, and we see the scene of them walking, and Michael Gambone's legs are weird. Yeah, and you you had remembered this for a long time that they're walking towards each other, you know, the classic showdown, and the you know the three or four bad guys walking toward the, our two heroes, and you had always made fun of the way. Gambon is stepping in the scene, but I realize that he's doing that because the streets are very muddy. I, he's just I don't his... care. Didn't affect anybody else. There's one tiny shot, and his legs are very much looking like a Magnavox Odyssey 2 graphics. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, they, they, they show them walking towards each other, and there's a big standoff. Like it's a classic standoff. Gambon starts to give him, you know, kind of say that they're going to die today. And what does Costner do? He leaves. He leaves. He, he sends Kim Coates on an early mission. He starts walking towards him and he looks directly at Kim Coates. And he says, are you the one that killed our friend? And Kim Coates starts bragging about it. And Costner shoots him right in the head, <laughs> which is it's such an amazing death. Like, cause they build that guy up for the whole movie. Like you hear how threatening he is. Yeah. And, Co- and, and Coates, the way he starts bragging about like just to troll Costner about the dead friend. It's like, he's so excited to do it. And then he just gets shot down. Yeah, It's like, you, and that starts the gun battle off and everybody's like, what the, it, re- it reminded me of the prom a little bit. Like, you know, you know, all hyped up, you know, you got big plans. You've been savoring and then blow. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Are you trying to tell us something about your prom? No, my, I went. No, I didn't. I went with friends. I didn't. I didn't get that. But it, it, it sounds like it sounds like the, the, a good analogy of the build up, and then you blow your piss everywhere. It'd be funny to be bragging about prom right now at age. This. I'm trying to remember my. I'm trying to remember my prom. I had the la- I had the lamest. It was just a, six friends, and we rented a karaoke machine after, and went to my house and did karaoke into the wee hours. Uh, did you blow a load on the karaoke machine? <laughs> Here's what happened to me that's uh, horrifying I, to me. I did the comic future with that thing. Every position in the book with the with the machine. What songs? <laughs> Do you remember? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I, anyway, it's not important. I, I'd stay to the moment. So anyway, I, one of the horrifying things that happened when I was in not prom, but a, a, like a homecoming dance, some kind of dance. I was invited to a rival high school by a friend of mine, and I decided I was going to be super cool, and I wore a black shirt. <laughs> like a black shirt you know no sport coat or anything i still have the pictures it is it is horrifying especially in the in the year of covid looking at those yeah it's a tough it's a tough watch yeah i did mom did you ever do anything like that do anything silly yeah yeah i was a toughie too. i mean i wore sweaters to dances i was i was a ridiculous person yeah you didn't go to many dances is that what you're telling me no i avoided them i <sighs> i went to plenty i mean i don't mean to brag so they have a gunfight. A black button-down shirt, Nick. Something like Blue one bu- of the bad guys would be wearing. One of the bad guys you hate in this movie would be wearing. Right. Yeah, a button-down. Tucked into gym shorts. 
probably would have been a better look what I was actually wearing. Who knows what? I probably had my sleeves rolled up. It was bad. I think I, all I remember is I, I, I had I rented a tux mm-hmm. for the for the prom, and I had um, the the ruffled shirt and all that shit, and then I had oh, yeah. embroidery with an arrow that said "this dick" pointing down. So and then I tried to return done- it to the rental place. And they're like, "This violates our policy. You cannot return this shirt with a "this dick" on it." We there's a you can cut all this out. There's a one time my friend and I were trying on tuxes and we had no idea about tuxes. And um, this guy that was working there was trying to be cool with us. And he was talking about cummerbunds, which we'd never heard of before. And he called them a cum catcher to us. <laughs> and we th- and I I had later learned that some people call them crumb catchers. Okay, but he actually said cum catcher to us because it was a problem. Our, our poor little our poor little innocent like seventeen year old selves. Yeah. And this guy was creeping us out of the tux place. Here's the thing about this scene, Nick. God is gifting Kevin Costner lots of bullets, isn't he? Yeah. He's got many bullets to fire off here, him and Duvall. He shoots daylight. Yeah, he shoots daylight out of everybody. His gun has got forever bullets. He is not reloading. Yeah. He's got a like he's got like a six sixty shooter. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But it's cool. It's great. Great little it's fine. Great little scene. A lot of little shootings going on action bad bad guys are getting destroyed uh i think duvall gets hit early on but he's fine and um i think he says he may have broke his foot or something during this no, but like jeter everybody jeter breaks his foot oh that's right that's right so duvall gets kind of shot i think but he's fine he just gets clipped but the bad guys aren't they're getting destroyed they do exceptionally well like the good guys do very well mm-hmm. they have a good gunfight they do yeah. they they and the town is skedaddling. They're out of there. They know this fight's coming. They've already they've already either hidden in their buildings or they've fled the town. Yeah, a bunch of pussies. And so then Gambon By the somehow way, Gambon makes gets shot right after Kim Coates. Like he shoots yeah, he Coates gets shot and right he, away. Yeah, instant shot. And, and they almost kill him right off the bat. But he somehow makes it back to the dock, and the dock patches him up. But because he, he's no, the dock doesn't like, patch him up. The dock he 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 brings the dock back and locks him in the jail cell. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, the, but to 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 get patched up though, he does get patched up a little bit. And then, of course, Diego Luna dumbly walks in the middle of town trying to. And Annette Benning is annoying in this scene where she comes and berates, "Stop, stop right now!" Like they're gonna listen to her, like scolding their ass. She does. She does. She buys them some time because they're about to kill Diego Luna. Well, she buys them time because they're all stunned that she's single. It's the doc's wife, and then Costa's like, "It's it's not his wife." <laughs> actually his sister and then Gambon's Shot like you know what free grazing ain't so bad the best though so uh, you know gunfight whatever they get uh they Gambon is is holed up in the jail so he's having a little gunfight with everybody and Duvall has his action moment where he blows the uh, hinges off the door and bursts into the mm-hmm. scene and I love the scene where he basically is about to put the coup de gras on Gambon to shoot him in the head and Gambon's tongue is out, like all weird. His face is amazing. Yeah, it's like it's just about to be shot face. And he's like, yeah, he's got his tongue all grossed out. Yeah, he's like, because he's really hurt. Like he shot a couple times. And because uh, Duvall comes in and shoots him a bunch. And then he says, I'm dying. <laughs> yeah, and, Co- and Costner actually doesn't want him to go in there. He's like, he's going to bleed out anyway. Don't even worry. And Duvall's like, yeah, but what if, uh, what if uh, Annette Benning meets somebody in the next two minutes? What if I can't see his death face? 
So he goes and shoots him a bunch of times. He says, I'm doing. <laughs> and then he starts ripping. He starts ripping Duvall and his last with his last breath. So like starts saying he's a piece of shit, basically. And um, Duvall's about to shoot him in the head. And that's when you get his face, like his little, yeah, I'm about to get shot face. I love it's that. Great. Face. And I love it. We'll put, we'll put a picture of it up on the Instagram. And I love that uh, actually Duvall is berating uh, Gambon. He's like, he's like, look at you're dead now because of something stupid. Yeah. I don't know if that's the exact words, but I love it. Well, it's basically the message. But this is all leading. This gunfight's great. All the bad guys are dead. The sheriff got shot. <laughs> Wait, but, and there's a scene where this one of those guys who pushed out is getting shot by the entire town in the background. <laughs> I know. He tried to, he's the guy that ran away, but he's, they find him. He doesn't run in the right direction, I guess. But yeah, as this, as this gunfight goes on, the town starts to get a, a backbone. They start to kind of pick up guns and fight back against this. You know this uh, the authority that has kind of has kept the town under threat, right? And yeah. so they start to fight back finally. Anyway, what I love is that everybody's all the hurt people. They're all going to the dock. The dock is like looking out, saying, "This is my year. This is I'm going to be able to make some money off of this." Everybody's back, but then Costner sends word through our little store owner that he's he's kicked everybody out of the bar and he wants to see Annette Benning because mm-hmm. you know he, I think he's worried because Annette Benning's seen him kill. He saves her at one point. He shoots some dude that has her hostage. She's seen the true him. He wants to and so bending, if you know what I mean. But but yeah, he's he's like everybody's hurt at the docks, and he sends for Edna Benning because he's sulking in a bar in town. <laughs> Come see me. <laughs> Come back to town. I'm here. Come see me. And he is shot. He is a little hurt, but he really is sulking. That's the hugest sulk. Like right, and she comes into the bar, and she's like, "All right." And um, they have their little heart to heart. He basically is like, you know, can we get a little, you know, later on? Can I yeah. get the second base? Have they invented baseball yet? Can I get the second base? I, I, I like uh, she She says, I've been holding my love a long time. Mm-hmm. No shit. And he's like, does that mean what I think it means? And so he's, there's just two Western souls trying to get laid in this world, Nick. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But you know he he's playing hard to he's playing we, a weird game at this point. <laughs> he's sending her like playing weird, real direct we, messages. Playing weird to get, very weird to get. He's like, I want to be with you, but I'm leaving town. And um, you know, he's like, you probably don't like me anyway. That kind of shit. Like he's playing sort of high school stuff with her, and she's like, No, you're cool. I like you. That kind of stuff. Well, they're honestly they're two losers. I mean, you think about it, like she they're the equivalent of the kids who live in their mom's basement. You know, he at least Duvall had the common sense to get married and watch him die from disease. And then he's like, he's like, you know, you didn't he's like, you know, you didn't know about me. I'm a killer. You know, I've had this bad past. And she's like, I don't give a shit. I don't care. I don't care who you killed. You're hot. Yeah. It's like you can kill. You're only the guy in town that's taking notice of me. And, you know, he says that. She's a very handsome woman. There's all sorts of stuff yeah, going she, on. She's not a spring chicken. So then I'm starting to think there's a reason people stuff. But my favorite is they're having all this conversation. And the guy, uh, there's a guy outside that goes, uh, is he still in the bar? Is he still bleeding in there? Is it open yet? Or, oh, no, it's cool. He's yeah. still, okay. No, we'll stay out here. I guess that's cool. You guys take the whole bar to yourself. Yeah. And I'll just sit out here in the mud. And I love the fact that then the credits roll and they have the, like the postscript. It says this couple formed Spencer's. After after they married, and then uh, Costner immediately leaves the bar, and this guy shoots him in the face and says, "Not with the fucking Doc's wife, you piece of shit." <laughs> She's like, "I'm his sister." Oh fuck. <laughs> anyway, lovely movie. Yeah, we're. I mean, they, they kind of stretch it out at the end. 
Well, after the credits, he's stretching it out for sure. <laughs> he, he threatens to give her thousands of kisses. He meant thousands like, of other things. He's like, and 69. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to shoot everything out. You You think he's been, um, they cut out scenes where he's trying to practice kissing on a horse or. <laughs> Duvall's like, you, you didn't really bury Moe's, did you? Costner's sex dummying the shit out of that thing out in the woods. I <laughs> Tig, Tig's buried as fuck, though. I don't know why you did, had to sell this shtick so bad by digging a monster grave when you were never going to put Moe's in the ground. <laughs> That's Ben Ruby why he took the party. He goes, huge fan of Costner. I love being kissed by his live body. <laughs> yeah. So maybe it's time to do the work. So you're uh, you're walking through the sagebrush, mm-hmm. you know, and you take a left past that third cactus, and there's a cavern. And deep inside the cavern, you hear a whirring sound that can only be one of two things: a tattoo parlor or the Wendigo. So you take you take you throw caution to the wind, and you hop on down there, and you walk through the stalagmites, and by golly, there it is in the darkened corner. A candlelit vigil is being held next to a machine. <laughs> And a guy looks up, pulls down his bandana, and says, what'll it be, sport? And you look on the wall, and he's got rudimentary cave paintings of all the tats that he offers for open range. I got Kevin Costner holding the melted chocolate candy bar <laughs> I, right on my back. and But he also is like, it's a surprise Costner, because he's eating a candy bar, but he's pulling out the golden ticket. And he's got the purple Willy Wonka hat on. I'm mixing it it's up. Horrible. Like I'm, I'm doing the Costner's Wonka... But somehow pulling out the golden ticket, like he's a contest winner as well. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it's it's a little bit of a mixed. And then and then on the other side of the where you have this tattoo is bending with a little chocolate mustache. So I've got a I've got the in a really cool font. It says it says Moe's forever, and in the middle there's a picture of Tig. <laughs> <laughs> they did say that Moe's and Tig were friends, at least. Yeah, they see. He said they. Duvall said he seemed like he was more Moe's dogs than mine at the end. That kind of yeah. Thing. And then Costner said, "Who? Who's Moe's? The fat guy went by Moe's." I'd like um, to think that they shot Tig and Moe's killed himself when he found out that Tig was no longer among the world. Shot button two to cover it up. Gambone's people never even went over there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you've been inserted into open rain. What, mm-hmm. what shape does your performance take? Oh, it's such a good question. I'm the tragic character in this story. I'm a flea who is just gorged on Tig. Gorged. <laughs> I got to feed my family, and I am filled with blood. Thrilled. And then the bad guys show up, and they shoot, but they shoot me in the face. <laughs> I'm on Tig, but they shoot me first. Like, I'm shot. Mm-hmm. Th- they shoot through me to get to Tig, and, and, and I'm... The last thing I ever see is my smile getting shot away. <laughs> my family dies of hunger. <laughs> that is a tragic character. Yeah. Yeah. I play Moses' wife in this. And I get and the I get the letter towards the end of the movie that Mose dies. He's dead. And then I just kind of give a little shrug and I see the postscript that Tig died and I just lose my mind. <laughs> Grief, bust out the black, the black clothes. Why is Mrs. Moe's quiet? She's taking a vow of silence. 
Yeah, that's that's that'd be my character. She, Pretty good. She'd only do Moe's doggy style. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So hey, you're looking in your fat bank account and they've just transacted you have all the budget to make a sequel to open range what what's you what you need oh, sequel yeah yeah this movie doesn't feel very open to a sequel that's what i'm a little bit thrown by i, I, I disagree the sequel uh would be about a the company that put out the china <laughs> that they couldn't get their fingers through and there's this expose duvall like they get they stay in town duvall writes a very terse review in the local <laughs> paper about this china they can't get their fingers through and it um it it damns my it damns my company we go out of business from this and i i say i'm gonna fucking i'm gonna go to that town and i'm gonna get my revenge mm -hmm. and um you know i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna kill those two that i'm gonna kill robert duvall's character for sure and then i come to town and i realize like as as i come to town and i i start asking around and i find out that tig died and i realize well his life's hell enough <laughs> so i i call it off and I thought it'd be great if, like, you show in the town, everybody's laughing at you because your fingers are one third the size of normal fingers. <laughs> we get it. <laughs> and then I fall in love with Kevin, Con what I, who I think is Kevin Costner's sister. <laughs> but you and then you walk in on the brother, and he's got his dick inside <laughs> another guy's dick. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> oh, Doc Barl, you're not actually a medical professional. He's a, I get it. He's a quack. He's a no, quack. you're docking. I get it. Oh, God. <laughs> so what would your sequel uh, be? Hardcore Western porn. <laughs> like the most grossly pornographic sex of all time. And it's Costner and Benning for hours just raging into each other. Okay. And it, uh, and it, it ends very gross. He fires it all over. And it turns out he's a six-shooter there, too. <laughs> so she is just, yeah. It's like, mm -hmm. it's super hot. I mean, you go on like the porn hub or whatever, and there are every single hashtags on it. And she's like, that's fucked up. I thought you said you kissed me a thousand times before you die. You've kissed me twice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is an outrage. Yeah. He writes Tig on her chest. <laughs> so you've been given the money to have your own business related to Ocean Range. <laughs> Open range. Yeah. Um, what are you gonna do? How are you gonna spend? I got like a I got like a Westworld type place. It's an old town, old West town. Yeah. Perfect recreation of Fidgetsville, whatever this place is called. <laughs> Perfect reproduction. <laughs> There's no power, no sewer. Tourists like you know show up, and everyone in the town actively hates you. Like that's that's mm -hmm. the thing. Everything you try to do sucks to them. They hate it. And so you you eventually either have to win them over with your charm, or they will shame you out of town. Like that's the only way to leave. Either you charm the dick out of them or you're shamed out of town. And if you're shamed out of, or if you, if you charm them, then you get keepsakes and you get your name on the wall and everything's great. And you, you can drink free anytime you come back. But if you get shamed out of town, <laughs> you, they, they uh, rip microtransactions from you all the time for the rest of your days. So you're, like, you're looking at your bank statement, you're completely their bitch forever. I guess I would just make like beer mug, you know, the, just beer mugs. That related to this movie, you know, like think of the the glass mug that Cotner slid down the bar and and hit the the side of the bartender's face mm -hmm. with, right? So I would I would make those mugs, but I would do a full, almost like Tom Savini, like replica of um 
of um of the bartender's head, you know, wincing as this glass hit him, and the, this whole this whole full head would be attached to the side of this mug. In, you know, like in pain from getting hit by the mug, but then you would just drink it with this whole dummy head. Okay. You know, life-size dummy head. You just think about it. It's good or bad idea. I mean, it's... It was either that or I was going to have an uh, open and closed sign with open range and closed range on the back you can put on your business. You chose right. One of those two. Take, take your pick. All right. So, hey, you stayed through the credits of open range, and by golly, there's a stinger. What do you got? What's happening? Oh, my God. The camera tracks over the open range, past bushes and trees and all this and that, and it goes up this across this field, and up at the top of the hill there, there's a lone tree where Moses' gravestone is. And you, the yeah. camera goes up there. The moon is basking it in its golden white light, I guess. <laughs> Good term. And uh, you come up to the ground, and Tig's paw bursts through. He's 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 like Carrie. He, he he's either dead or alive. He's he's back. My uh, sequence at the end. This guy, this strange guy, comes to town. The strange man with a briefcase, and he looks like he's got like clothes from the future. Like he looked from like the nineteen nineties. You know, he's just he's got a hoodie and like you said, Skechers. You said mentioned earlier, jeans on. He's just a strange person, and they, they don't know what to make of him. He comes straight to Kevin Costner. He opens his briefcase and he's like, you've got three wishes. I'm from the future and I can grant you three wishes. Charlie Postlewaite knows his real name. So they knows it's a real deal. Yeah. Kevin Costner's like, what? and he's like a simple man. Like he doesn't know what to wish for. He's like, you got three wishes, anything, anything you can erase, anything that happened in the past. You can, you can <laughs> carve out your future. Yeah. And he's kind of giving him hints. He's like, you can erase deaths that happened. You know, because Costner's just in there dumb as looks dumb. Yeah. So Costner's like, and the guy's like, take all the time you need. He goes, I got it. He goes, resurrect Tig, kill Tig again, then resurrect Tig. <laughs> Perfect. And the guy said, I'll, I'll give you a do-over if you want to, to maybe mention Moe's. He's like, I'm good with that. Yeah. I'm a man of few words. Man of my word, and those were my dumb words. Said. <laughs> and then the, the guy's like, "I'm sorry, we can't do anything with Tig." And he goes, "All right, make him her brother, make him her husband, <laughs> and then make him her brother again." <laughs> um, hey, mm -hmm. that 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 salt in the air is, can only mean one thing. You're on what? you're on an island. You've gathered debris from all these various films throughout the years. And now the time mm -hmm. has come for you to take the West little piece of it with you. So what from open yeah, range is going into your Island paradise? You, yeah. you, uh, you, you come, you know, you, the camera moves over the Island. Just the, the, the documentary crew is gathering B roll about my Island. And they see me, mm -hmm. I'm sitting Indian style up on the rocks. there, staring at something like what the mm -hmm. fuck's going on. And they look, and I've built a rudimentary cage in the rocks where doc Barlow sits trapped not a bad idea take a doctor to your island well uh, his tools are nowhere to be found he is in tattered now that is a bad he's idea. in what you would call castaway clothing tattered mm -hmm. tattered looking hulk returned jean you know tattered pants and shirt and they mm -hmm. call that right they call that hulk returned clothes right i think yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> and i'm just keeping an eye on that motherfucker you know because mm -hmm. i mean 
I don't trust them. I don't like them out there. So I figured, you know, keep your enemies closer. And I just go and I shit on him. I shame him. I watch him and I, I'll throw him tiny bits of food, just enough. And I don't want him to get too hot either. So I got to give him enough to keep him from getting too hot, sexy, but enough to keep yeah. him, you know, I got to keep him alive, but not make him sexy. <laughs> is this going somewhere? It's is it. that it? It's, it's it. He's my fucking victim. He's my, he's my, my, my little, he's in my menagerie. He's my bird with the crystal plumage. He's my, I spy on him and I hate him. You just want to keep him near, keep your enemies close. Yeah. And I'll just ridicule, and he's just going to have a shitty life. Make fun of his beard. Keep accusing him of having his sister married to his sister. It's like, I, I understand why she's a spinster. What's your excuse? How are you not tapping? Although I think right. maybe he was tapping. He's pretending he's going out and helping the guy's people, but he's actually throwing it into something. You think so? Yeah, maybe. He's living a little bit of a, a kind of a closeted existence back in the old West, as you might have had to, I guess. And he got and, he got a horrible VD, and that's why he limps. Hmm. Anyway, yeah, yeah, what's yeah. in your island? Oh, I might take that locket. That's not a bad, you know? yeah. And the he, and the good luck charm because he's a, he does tell her it gives him good luck. Um, but um, you know, I might take the picture out <laughs> of 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 Annette Benning's mom and put a picture of. Uh, Joe Spinell from Maniac, his mom in there, you know, just to kind of get a little best of two wor worlds happening, right? You know, kind of mix our mix the mix the movies, you know, and maybe it's every once in a while just put a new mom in there, yeah, you know, like a picture of a mom. And I don't know, would I have a collection of, of pictures of moms from all the films that we did? What are some good moms that we can <laughs> think of? Was there a mom in the dark? I'm sure, you know, yeah. Was there a mom and species? I can't remember. Well, there was at the end. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah. That's right. I would just get a rotating <laughs> selection of moms to put in that locket. I like it. And I don't think it sounds creepy to say that. I don't think it sounds creepy at all. No. And I, and then mm -hmm. what you would think Costner would have said is, well, at least your mom had the common sense to go fucking bang and have you or else I'd be talking to a wall. Your mom wasn't a, a loser like you. Yeah. Is it is it weird that I put a likeness of me on the other side and make the moms kiss me? Is that strange? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think I think you know how we gift each other from time to time. And then is it weird that I knock on the locket sometimes and go, "What's happening in there, guys? Hope you're not getting up any business." Yeah, is that weird? Yeah. No, I was thinking like you know we gift each other stuff for movies from time to time. Yeah, I think so, so, yeah. I'm gifting you something from Open Range because I don't know if you if you notice right next to General Store there was a. It was like a loot crate store that was just sends every every month. You get a new mom picture. Well, I didn't see that. Yeah, well, that just real that works out well for what I took. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm gonna gift you something. Set pigs bones.
the heaven, more of the sweet Take lots of time Plant no more minds except mine Sign.